Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coming at you live, it's Sunday Stories. Good evening, everyone. There is a lot to get to tonight. Well, let's say you have 100 cases, and let's say you don't do a shutdown. Then it grows 33% per day. Figures appear to show the coronavirus restrictions are working. Australia has recorded its lowest daily rise in infections in almost a month. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Sunday Stories. With me, your host, Fatim Shinzadeh. We'll recover ongoing headlines and meet interesting fucking guests. 2020 has been a very special year for all of us. Unfortunately, not in a good way. I'm talking about the corona crisis. To help me with the topic, I have invited a very special co-host. She is a specialist in crisis management. She creates order and clarity in the mess that crisis management often entails. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Aileen Richards. Did I pronounce your last name right? Well, yes, I'm used to all kinds of pronunciations, but it's a German name, and Richards is the correct pronunciation. Perfect! Okay, in this podcast, like I told you, we have a segment to make you a little bit more nervous. Uh, And the segment is True or False. So you will get a statement, and then you will say, is this true or is this false? Okay? Okay. Awesome. Let's just dig in. The capital of North Carolina is Winston-Salem. True or false? Well, when it comes to U.S., I'm not very sure, so Mm -hmm. I'll say uh, true. That is false. But you have more questions. You can uh, pick it up. Okay, this one maybe. The boiling point of water is 221 degrees Fahrenheit. And again, we are in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, now I have to dig out all my old physics knowledge uh, from school. Well, you know, I'm, I'm an expert in crisis management, right. risk analysis, yeah. continuity management. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, let's go with true. With true. That is false, but it's very close. It was 212 Fahrenheit. But again, in Sweden, we don't use Fahrenheit. The largest planet in our solar system is Neptune. 
No. False. No. False. That's correct. It is Jupiter, which is 11 times bigger than Earth. That's crazy. And I thought Earth is big. Nike is the Greek goddess of victory. And again, you have to go back to school. Yeah, yeah. But yes, okay, true. Yeah, that is correct. Wow. See, you're picking up some points here. There is 88 keys in a piano. Again, crisis management. Yeah, yeah, it's very far away. That's why I chose these questions. It's like you have to count all the keys now. (laughs) Could it be 88? Picking up a picture in my mind. Well, a quick answer. It's mm-hmm. uh, false. Well, that was true, actually. That was true. But uh, we go on to the next one, which is uh, about Germany. Adolf Hitler was born in Germany. No, it's false. Correct. And you made it. Are you more sweaty now than you were before? Well, now I feel a bit uh, out of balance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. But you did good. You did very good, actually. Uh, and uh, we are going to dig into this uh, crisis talk, which is more uh, your cup of tea. Let's start with what you work with. Uh, if we start from there, what, what do you work with day to day? For me, crisis management is trying to build a coping capacity and ability within organizations and individuals to actually meet um, different kinds of of, uh, strain in the organization uh, events. And if you want to call it a crisis, yeah, yeah, for sure we can, but then you need to define that word. And itself, it has no clear definition, which is international and known by everyone, which is one of the reasons why I find it so very, very interesting to work right. with this. I, I like most to build a capacity before something happens, mm-hmm. to, to work with the structures and the organization, to, to see the dependencies and the reporting structures within an organization and to, to different other organizations around, right. uh, to find a structure and a metholo- methodology which will work and support, mm-hmm. uh, and also to work with individuals in, in trainings and exercise to build a, a confidence uh, to actually lead. You, you have witnessed quite a lot uh, before the crisis. And uh, could you say that Sweden as a country were prepared for this kind of situation? But I think that you, one needs to go back to actually the definition of a crisis situation right. and why, what makes the corona crisis so extremely, in my perspective, interesting mm-hmm. and for others extremely difficult to handle. Right. Um, mm-hmm. In the background, I'm a medical geographer. Um, and for me, that means that uh, epidemic and, and pandemic situations is what I'm actually educated for, meaning that I look on this situation with certain interest um, for sure. And in a, in a normal crisis, let me say like that, if there is a um, fire or there is an, an IT crash or something uh, more local mm-hmm. that puts strain on one or maybe a, a limited number of organizations or part of the society. Right. And that, that means that there is a stability around the, the people and yeah. the, the, the businesses which are actually crashing. Yeah. Right now, everything is moving and right. everyone is under strain. And that means that the resources which is there needs mm-hmm. to be coordinated between everyone. And this is something completely new, not only for Sweden, but for many different countries. Mm-hmm. And what have happened 
during the last years that you have gone more into to an individual thinking, not only in Sweden, but in many different countries, uh, creating a, a, a public uh, official sector division, yeah. uh, which is um, problematic in itself. And in Sweden, we have been a very safe country. We are still a very safe country mm. compared to, to others, meaning that when we look at a crisis, we don't see... Uh, this kind of total collapse, which is, I sh- shouldn't say, happening right, right now, right. but on, on certain issues, it's free-falling. Uh, we see fire, we see IT crash, we see um, temporarily loss of, of staff in a small segment, yeah. uh, like a strike or something. Meaning that now when everything is is demanding a, a, an interaction and cooperation between uh, all systems in the society. This is something new and extremely challenging and something which uh, on one side I think is very good, not only for the Swedish society, but for the, the, the globe as a whole, to actually realize what is important, which which dependencies are certainly strong and needs to be valued, True. and which are more of a nice-to-have right. uh, yeah. solution. Right. So... If Sweden is or was prepared, um, partly yes, partly no. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that is unique for Sweden. Right, right. Yeah, we were also speaking before we started recording that that um, I had a suggestion that you guys could be the, the middleman between the, the private companies and the government. Uh, and you said that that's the gap uh, need to be filled, right? Uh, the government has a lot of crisis packages that that just goes out to smaller companies, bigger companies, but there is still a lot of people losing jobs and the economy is taking big hits. Do you think that we're going to be able to recover from this uh, in in one year or so? I think that there will be a time before and a time after Corona, right. um, meaning that that all businesses and all authorities will need to revalue actually how you do business. And what is the trigger factors, the motivation points mm. you use as a, a sales organization and as a receiving organization? You need to be better to actually define your needs mm-hmm. and the the business uh, need to be able to redefine their services to meet the needs. Right. And, and if we are able to do that, I think that there is a, a very good way to recover faster than many people think we will. Okay. But it takes a lot of effort from us. And as a leader, the most important thing is to keep actually the hope for the future going. Of yeah? course. Because if you don't hope yeah. yourself as a leader, no matter if it's on a national level or a company level, how are your employees is, and, and citizens that is keep true. the hope up? That is true. Uh, ha- have we had any f- a similar situation in the world that you can compare it to? I mean, the financial crisis or the Great Depression, or is there any other environment or or situation that we can compare this to? I think it's always dangerous to compare situations because they're always unique. Uh, I think that you can find patterns which is uh, repeating itself, which I always find sad um, because you should learn. But Um, we're humans. Yeah, we are human and the learning curve is not always very straight. Um, We have had a lot of of epidemics and and pandemics in in the world, uh, but we are very good in forgetting. And 
what also needs to be understood in my perspective is that the world is constantly changing and developing so meaning that what happened in the in the early 90s with the um, uh, the spanish flu and how the corona virus is spreading now there are for sure things to look at which uh, has similar effects but you cannot compare the society then and now right. and the ability and the barriers which are put in place is also different. Yeah. Yeah. As well as they are between different countries. They they need to be different because the, the spreading pattern is different. True. For a long time, a lot of people have been pro globalization. And a lot of people also say that that is also the big factor why this is spreading so fast because we're not sitting at home, we're traveling and so on. Um, do you see the world changing in a, in a different manner after this crisis? And are we, for example, going to do like Trump does, bring jobs back to secure the, the delivery of products or, or the supply or, or so on? I think that this question is, is uh, very parted in different, different aspects and perspectives. The globalization is important. It's important for, for very many different reasons uh, and to have exchange of knowledge, of culture and, and of understanding is, is one of the key factors why the society is developing uh, as a whole on a global yeah. level. But when the globalization structure, like during the corona crisis, suddenly doesn't work anymore, you cannot travel, you cannot exchange goods in the same way as before, yeah. We need to have uh, an ability to actually cope ourselves, mm. and this this one thing does not foretake the other, uh, and that that is one of the the most important things to realize that you cannot say that oh from tomorrow on we will stop traveling and yeah, think that the yeah. world will stay as it is. Right. It's not. No. Um, everything we do has consequences, um, both Definitely. on good and bad sides. Definitely. And when you say, no, I'm going to stop flying or I'm going to stop eating meat, there is always a consequence of that which you maybe not foresee. Right. That is true. So even so-called good decisions, which you do with a, an ethical or social uh, perspective, can be uh, have, have negative consequences in other uh, areas and right. perspectives yeah. or regions. Um, and, and another side of this crisis is also um did you want to call this crisis by the way i keep saying crisis did you want to call something else well this this is um for me crisis very often is met with a a, a negative um, yeah it does right point and it it scares the word yeah. itself is one of the biggest problems within crisis management because okay. you don't want to call the situation a crisis right so uh, what, what would you call the situation we, we, we call it that an organization is under is severe stress or strain, uh, right. meeting extreme challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and if you put it like that, um, many, many leaders and management teams are more like, okay, let's overcome the challenge, let's right. solve the problem. It's motivating. Yeah, instead right. of you are in a crisis now and that there's always a risk of positivity uh, by using the word itself. On the other hand, the, the laws and regulations we have are talking about crisis management and continuity planning. And if we then call it something else, we don't fulfill the, the laws. So. True. Okay, so now I get it. Right. So 
the, this stressful situation that we have right now is also causing a lot of um, well misinformation in in media. And uh, <clears throat> to take an example, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I I started to look into to Russia. I was and I wondered why they're so quiet about it because Putin had its own agenda and there was no talk about Corona. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I just you know turned on the TV and they were talking about Sweden as a bad example of dealing with this problem. And I've also heard from from other channels that a lot of countries are are blaming Sweden for being too uh, too open, too non-strict, or you know taking it manana. We're taking it as it comes. Um, do you think the government should should act stronger, like uh, France, for example, Italy, Spain, or? First of all, I just need to is reaching out to your uh, listeners. Life is not uh, manana and normal in Sweden. Right. Uh, what what has been very different is the management style between Sweden and other countries. Instead of forbidding, you advise. Mm. And you expect that people actually follow advice, right. and that is that is to a very high level done, uh, without uh, forbidding and locking people in and having police follow up that you actually do what you are told to do. So this is this is mainly uh, different in management style and not in the the uh, limitations and decisions which have been taken. They are very much the same. Yeah. So first, with that only stated, mm-hmm. I truly hope that every government uh, on a high level have the best understanding for their own society and citizens and the barriers which are needed to be put in place. But to understand the spread of a virus, you need to understand the social structures uh, which is existing within the the local culture. Mm. And that's not only different in countries, that's also different within regions in the same countries. And to, to... to be good in crisis management, uh, one of the biggest uh, abilities in this is to actually understand and, and to interpret the information you get mm. and from that be able to, to evaluate your organization and make decisions. Right. Um, and to say if the, the Swedish decisions or the, the German decisions, the Russian decisions were good or bad, that will take months, years yeah. to see... Uh, if if it was good or bad, effective or not, I'm not in a in a way uh, entitled to to comment about that. But I think that we need to to raise the the time perspective quite a lot when mm. we look um, upon this crisis and stop counting day to day development, but yeah. more maybe week to week development, and hopefully soon we can start to come month to month development. That is smart. That is smart, actually. But I think that you, we also need to, to turn the whole thing around and saying who is blaming who. Right. Uh, because the countries are not blaming other countries. Mm. It's media and so-called experts making statements mm. about other countries, uh, which is very negative or positive. Yeah. And again, then we are back in understanding the situation and mis- misinterpretation of information during such a situation. You don't need to go back in time a lot, but say 10, 20 years, the information uh, load which we got uh, as individuals, as companies, were a lot smaller. Mm. 
and the ability to actually sort and interpret it within the information was a lot higher. Right. More than being fed with inf information, you needed to search for information. True. And now every one of us on every part of the globe is constantly fed with information which in very many case, cases is somebody's very, very far contact maybe <laughs> thought or did, and I don't know, but yeah. this is how it is. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then the human mind, the brain functions mm. in, in believing in information which actually uh, confirms our own suspicions. Right, yeah. And this is, for me, actually a bigger crisis than the spread of the virus. Right. Because the, what that causes is polarization. It causes um, nationalism. It causes uh, fright from individuals to actually spend their money. Uh, so a lot of decisions made globally on a, and on local level, privately and, and in governmental institutions, are done on, I shouldn't say false information, but an, an information bulk, which is impossible to interpret it and actually uh, say that okay here's one saying a and mm -hmm. here's the other one saying b and they are completely contradictory what should i believe on mm -hmm. and then you take the one which fits your own yeah. fear and perception best but that's not true and every crisis is uh, bringing with it a lot of uncertainties mm -hmm. This is why it is a crisis. Yeah, yeah. And this situation, which we are in the moment, is uncertain in very, very many ways. But the system uh, approach to the whole thing, to understand that one thing is to actually handle the consequences of the virus. And the other thing is to handle people's fear and, and capacity to actually interpret and take in information. And then we have... The, the reactions from companies and from individuals to this fear. Hmm. Uh, and then we have the um, decisions and the, the restraints on the society also causing a consequences. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that many of the world leaders understood in the beginning of the crisis when you took very hard measures uh, to, to stop the spread, to actually understand what the consequences in other perspectives would be. True. And if you have made a decision, you need to stick to it, yeah, but definitely. only as long as it's valid. So you need to be constantly adapting to the situation and reevaluate the decisions you have made. And please, everyone, <laughs> let's look into confirmed sources of information yeah. and very much think about the communicative objective from the person or the, the organization giving you an information. Yeah. What do they actually want? Yeah, what is their agenda, right? Yeah, what what is uh, their agenda? Do they want to do they want you to buy something? Yeah. Or do they want you to, to change a behavior? And that is proven in many different uh, countries that the corona crisis have brought in a very high um, wave of information but also a wave of disinformation which okay. is targeting right. uh, fear within the population yeah. to actually make people go against their, their governments hmm. in different ways hmm. to destabilize a country right so this is done from foreign actors uh, in in different perspectives and for different reasons why this should be done 
And this is something which I think that we all as individuals need to take our own responsibility for. That's yeah. true. We That's cannot true. affect how companies or, or governments make decisions, but we can affect how we react and interpret that information. And uh, don't you think that the government then should punish them or we should have some kind of laws that make it harder? Because this is a upcoming a problem that we have. I mean, uh, we had the U.S. election uh, when when Trump was elected, and then there were some conspiracy theories that the Russians had something to do with that. And now we're coming back to misinformation again. So it, it feels like it's going to be a problem that's just coming back all the time. How can we as a country deal with that? How disinformation works is that somebody gives you a message which is half true and half false and make you believe in it. Yeah. And as long as we as individuals more likely believe on an exceptional news which is nobody nowhere else mm -hmm. but oh i will be the first to know this and this is terrible yeah um there's no way to stopping this right and it, hmm. it it's has always been like this it's only that the new media communication systems makes this more accessible and possible But as a country to forbid it, I mean, there is a freedom of speech, which yeah. is a very, very important part in democracy. And if we take this away and start to punish people. That's true. And, and I yeah. think that um, everybody is entitled to their feelings and to their fears. Right. But there needs to be um, some kind of order, of, right? Some kind of yeah. order. And especially, I think that that fear most often comes from from uh, a lack of knowledge and that you maybe don't know where to get a confirmed information. Yeah. And if the governments fail to actually support with correct and verified information, yeah, well, then you search it somewhere else. True. And that is true. I, I, I didn't think this way that you mentioned that, that it's not the countries, it's actually the people. When you open your Instagram, there is always a specialist or a scientist, like a hobby scientist, that would just spit on some information to you, which they take from Facebook, which is then took from BuzzFeed, which is, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a very complicated problem. It's a very hard job you have, huh? You, I'm, I'm not even jealous. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it's a burning house and you guys are the firefighters. And then there's like, here's a bunch of money and, and just put the fire out. On one side, uh, I, I see the, the example you make. But on the other side, I would like to say, no, I'm the one steering the firefighters. Ah. Because to, to turn out the fire is only a part of it. That's yeah. like stopping the virus spreading. Right. But you need to have somebody standing outside talking to insurance companies. True. And you need to have somebody standing outside taking care of the people who actually lived in the house. Right. And you need to have somebody calling a construction company to build it up again. True. So hmm. it's so many perspectives which needs to be taken into account. And the job which I seriously would not like to have right now <laughs> is to be um, a prime minister or, right. or uh, the stats epidemiolog, right. as we say here, the yeah. ones responsible for um, actually t making the, the overall decisions, limiting all the, the movement and the companies. <laughs> That's a hard that job. Terrible. So and, and then... We as a, a population and certainly as a media, we need to understand under what kind of situation these decisions are made and understand that sometimes it, it's 
becomes wrong. Yeah. And then we need to have an acceptance that the decision is, is changed. True. Yesterday this was okay, today mm. it's not. Yeah. And and it is. that is that is fully normal and must be like that. Imagine a, a government which would not be able to change a decision which were wrong. Yeah, that would that, be that would be terrible. Wow. With the, the fear of entering really deep water, uh, I think that you need to look at, upon this as a completely different uh, way of, of understanding how social structures and, right. and politics works in different countries, in different regions. Yeah. Because if you have a very strict government and very high uh, law enforcement and, and punishment within the society, to have creativity among the people is then killed. That's true. Uh, you don't take any own initiative because yeah. then you're punished for it. And in a in an environment where you actually are advised and not punished, it's fully acceptable to say, well, I have an idea. Yeah. And yeah. then sometimes the idea is good and sometimes the idea is not good. True. But you feed the creativity uh, and solution thinking instead of uh, everything should be in a very certain way. Yeah. Because, again, then it's only the way and the perspective of the decision maker and not of the society as a whole. That's true. And I want to believe that the countries that are this strict that you're talking about will change. But I also want to think that, like you said in the beginning, we have a tendency of forgetting stuff very, very fast. So maybe a couple of years the country is going to be, oh, we, we accept everybody's minds and opinions but everybody's going to go back, like in five years. I mean, some also say that in five years or something, this all will repeat itself with something else, right? Um, why are we this bad at, at, at actually learning, learning how to deal with it and, and preparing ourselves for this mess, you know? I mean, this keep happening. Uh, why are we so stupid? <laughs> That's what I want to... Well, well, humankind is stupid. Yeah, we are. So uh, yeah, and, we are. That also goes back into to a lot of psychology research saying that well, our brains are lazy. They want to have quick decisions and they want mm. to have easy decisions. We don't want to analyze. We don't want to read all the research ourselves and make our own interpretation of it. Uh, just can somebody just shorten it down and yeah. say it yeah. to me? <laughs> and then, well... Absolutely, that is possible. But whose opinion and whose uh, citing is it then? True. It's not your your own. It's somebody who has compromised yeah, it for you, yeah. told it to you, and then you make your own interpretation of that summarize. Exactly. And then you bring it to somebody else. Exactly. It gets shorter and shorter. Shorter and shorter and shorter. <laughs> and and um, what I'm most afraid of yeah. uh, concerning the Corona crisis is actually not the virus itself mm. and even the financial uh, instability mm. which we are experiencing now there will be measures taken and mm. i think that a lot of responsibility also lies uh, on us as individuals to yeah. spend our money to the companies to actually don't see everything in black and exactly. shut down but exactly. try to to find a way forward uh, and to for for sure on the authorities to to very closely think about the decisions they're making but what what scares me the most is all the the decisions and limitations which have been put in place by several governments mm. or worldwide, I would say. And I don't think that um, everybody understands what, what these decisions and these limitations actually means and to make sure that they are all withdrawn afterwards. 
to make sure that the the crisis law forbidding people or making the government exclusive rights to forbid people uh, that it actually right. goes away afterwards huh uh, right i think that that um, you have already seen some countries going very close yeah, they're to going not to becoming bananas. not being a democracy yeah, anymore yeah. and and uh, indonesia is one of them yeah. they they are there hungary is another so yeah. there's that scares me a lot um what hmm. how will all the decisions be withdrawn how do we go back to the the political and governmental way of actually steering the countries and the globe as a whole in a in a positive democracy development and not taking uh, many many steps back into wow. to limitations in wow. society yeah that that's a that's a new opinion and a new way of seeing it uh well that's what you hear that's what i'm here <laughs> all right um uh, this has been uh, amazing um and um before i got here i had my opinions of of stuff work mostly of people telling me and now i have confirmed information and and thank you very much uh, that you've been part of some of the stories um as a as a summary for people uh, as individuals uh, what would you give them for tips for the upcoming one year the first one is to make sure that the information you build your decisions on are confirmed information and not uh, yeah i don't know how many third or fourth or fifth yeah. hand information <laughs> uh, people are, are so so go on the official mm-hmm. governmental sites on the international who ecdc cdc uh, or your your local uh, government who actually has official information and right. official advice and decisions what is to be done mm-hmm. to stop the spread mm-hmm. this is my first and foremost uh, recommendations to everyone right. to think about any information you receive what is the the goal and objective with that information yeah. what does it actually want you to do uh, and is it confirmed or not the second of all is to not lose hope to to see that there is a, a life after this too and how do you want it yourself to be to not only as a as a company uh, but also as an individual formulate a, a goal for where you want to go and how your life should be afterwards so that you're able to actually take the right measures to create that life for yourself yeah. and your family uh, when the situation changes true and don't lose hope and make sure um, to to do whatever you can to to support the the system which is put in place right because we all have a responsibility in sorting the situation out and, and finding a way forward and if you don't follow the rules and recommendations which there is you have never any right to criticize them because That's you are a part one. of making them not work like it yeah so follow the rules and advice which is put in place that makes the whole thing go a lot faster right wow good tips and i really hope that people are going to get smarter even though i have some doubts uh but uh, thank you again uh, elin for for being a part of it and uh, good fucking luck you have a lot of work to do thank you thank you
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 